The unofficial Shopify podcast is supported by e-commerce bootcamp, a new strategy guide from the hosts of this very show. In it, you'll learn the insider secrets of starting, growing, and marketing a successful Shopify business that supports the life you want. For a free sample chapter and a special offer, visit ecommerce-bootcamp.com today. Howdy. Welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Uh, and today I want to talk about a thing that has absolutely changed my life for the better, and that's masterminds. And a mastermind group, despite the ridiculous name, is not a supervillain thing, though it has given me supervillain-like powers. Um, and it's not some sleazy internet marketer thing. It is really just a support group. That's all it is, despite this silly name. Um, but I've heard a lot about it. I've encouraged a lot of people to do it. I've been in multiple mastermind groups for the last two years, and it is easily one of the best things I've done for my business. Um, so joining me today are two wonderful fellows from my my favorite mastermind group, um, Jonathan Stark and Kai Davis. Uh, we'll start. Mr. Stark, would you care to introduce yourself? Hi. Yes, I'm Jonathan Stark, and I am from lovely Providence, Rhode Island. And I do, uh, for the context of this, I offer uh, software uh, developers coaching services and we have uh, a, a chat room that we that I would consider a mastermind I suppose uh, that um, you know we like you said just give everybody great advice including me and it's just been an unbelievable learning experience I'm also in uh, masterminds with uh, let's say I'm in I guess three or four other masterminds uh, that both y'all are in so uh, yeah looking forward to talking about it so, and that's an interesting point too. Is they're not mutually exclusive. Like you don't have it's not one and done. You could be in multiple masterminds. Yes, the different the, the four or five I'm in, including my own, all have a different focus, and there's a different vibe to each one. So For certain sure. things are appropriate in one that might not be appropriate in another. Or, or appropriate is kind of a strong word, but you know there are lots of you know they have they have a focus. So yeah. some things you're gonna even though the almost the same group of people will be in one or another one, I'll. I'll ask a particular question in one versus the other one, depending on the focus. Yeah, so you've got you know those multiple multiple resources and channels. Um, and also with us is Kai Davis. Kai, uh, tell us, introduce yourself. Though you've been here several times already. Hey, folks, glad to be back on the uh, unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm Kai Davis. I'm an outreach consultant. I work as an outsourced chief marketing officer for uh, uh, entrepreneurs, consultants, coaches, and authors, and help them manage their most valuable relationships, build new ones, and increase their sales. And uh, I'm in a lovely mastermind group with these two folks, multiple mastermind groups with these two folks. And over the last year and a half, it's been what's taken me from making mid five figures to making a very healthy six figure salary as an independent consultant in my pajamas at home. The shared knowledge that a mastermind group gives you is the most powerful thing that I've added to my business or my life. I put it at that level. Like it has positively impacted my life on multiple levels over the last year and a half. It's the, I would describe it, um, mastermind groups succinctly, I would describe it as the entrepreneur's secret weapon. And they're democratic in that, you know, they really cost nothing to do. Anyone can do them. And I've seen, you know, people from like the local brick and mortar main street retailer and mastermind groups to, you know, there are CEOs of Fortune 500s um, who are absolutely in mastermind groups. So, you know, with that, how would you, how do you even describe, you know, what is it? What, like, 
what's the the nitty gritty of a mastermind group? Yeah, uh, I would say that they're they're all sorts. I mean, it could be that uh, a group of people agree to get together to you know once a month for coffee in you know in real life, uh, or you know have a Google Hangout every third Thursday or whatever, every Monday, whatever it is. But it's a bit a group of people who get together in some environment, virtual or otherwise, to talk about whatever they decided to talk about. And in the ones that I've been in, they are all every single one I'm in is a chat room. Uh, they're all in Slack. A couple that I guess Facebook groups that I have um, come across, but I'm not really active in. But uh, you know, it's usually like a twenty four seven thread of everything from, you know, this is what I had for lunch today to, you know, sort of like there, there, there are some comments where uh, people are just sort of getting to know each other and getting a little bit closer, knowing more and more and more background about each other. But by and large, what happens is that um, to use a specific example, if the focus was like productized consulting and getting getting your head around that, um, you know, a group of people will get coalesce uh, around something. And in the case of that particular one I'm thinking of, there was one person who went around and invited, uh, sort of handpicked about a dozen people, I think, uh, into this chat room, a private chat room, to talk about productized consulting. And and we did quite a bit of that, and uh, but but more too. So, you know, really, it's it reminds me a lot of sort of like IRC, you know, if, if people listening are software developers, they'll be familiar with IRC and it's kind of like that, but for business. So instead of going to an IRC room about like uh, PhoneGap or like a Shopify plugin or something that you, or WordPress, you'll go in and be like, how should I, you know, I've got this problem where our customer is balking at my pricing on this proposal. What or do you, do you guys think or gals think that my prices are too high or too low? And um, I think that's actually an interesting uh, thing to point out is that at least in in our chat rooms we get very transparent with numbers and everything from annual income to uh, Gumroad sales or digital downloads or podcast sponsorship numbers. I mean, it's the most. I mean, I don't even talk to my brother about stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, no, you're and right. It's like super I sh- helpful. I've def a hundred percent. I have shared more in the Slack channel in the Mastermind group um, about about my life, about my fears, about everything than I have with, um, with my family for sure. Probably yeah, a little, like I've, I've shared more in there than I have with my therapist. That's crazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I ended up like people have yeah. the context they, they have the business context. It's other people who are maybe ahead of you in business or behind you in business a little bit in terms of whether their ability or their success so far at reaching their business goals but you know that everybody's kind of on the same page it's not like a competitive thing and i find that advice when you go online and you there's you know i mean you can't swing a cat without hitting a (laughs) blog post about how to how to whatever 10x your business or you know how to do marketing blah 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 but the piece of context that's missing is how successful the person who wrote it is so i'm not going to take advice from somebody who's making 50 grand a year in total, it's not interesting to me. I want to. I want to be listening to someone who's making half a million a year. So, because it it changes the whole context of the advice. Right. But in, at least in our society, it's not. Uh, it's not. It's kind of frowned upon to talk about numbers like that. Right. I, yeah. So you can't. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, straight up, it would be tacky 
And like, and it's uncomfortable to do it in a public space. So I think, you know, a lot of people might say, well, I don't need the help of a mastermind group. I have like a million and one Facebook groups, a couple forums, maybe they're paid or not paid or unpaid. And, um, you know, and I listen to podcasts and it's like, no, 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 it's not the same because you don't really have a relationship with those people and it's public. Like the magic of the mastermind group is it's private. And with that tiny group, you build real relationships. You know, before a mastermind group, I didn't know Jonathan Stark, creator of Jonathan's card. I really didn't know Kai. Um, and both of you ended up invited to my wedding. Like that's <laughs> the kind of relationship it creates. And you would never see that or do that, like say in a subreddit. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like there's the, the critical difference there. Um, but like fundamentally, you know, for me in all of the, and for us, for all of the successful mastermind groups we've been in, it is the, the tools are literally just Slack channel so that you have that semi-synchronous 24-7, 365 communication across all devices. And it's all in one place and archived. It's great. And Slack is free, which makes it perfect for this. And then you just set a regular meeting time. Um, so say every third Thursday, and you just hop on Skype or Google Hangouts, again, free tools. So like a mastermind, not only is it probably the most powerful thing you could do, it's at no cost. Like it really just is taking the initiative to organize it or find someone who already has one going. But I think the critical thing to have, the part that makes it work, as far as you know, all the ones I've been in, is everyone needs to be working toward a common goal. So if it's, you know, building, in our case, it was, you know, how do you productize consulting services? And that works so well for us. And we've gone, move, even though we were on different trajectories in our businesses, all moved along and helped each other so well. Um, but that works in any business. Like if you have a common pain, common problem or common goal, you just make that, you know, the thing that you, that's your campfire. That's the thing you all coalesce around. Yeah, when I look at the masterminds I've been in that have succeeded and the ones that have failed, the ones that have succeeded have succeeded because all the participants have three things in common. We have a shared intent, a shared objective, and a shared focus. So the intent might be we're getting together to help each other attract better clients. The objective might be we all want to build successful businesses and the focus is on consulting strategies or strategies to increase our revenue or charge more or write better proposals. But whenever I've been in a group that doesn't have one of those elements, we don't all have the same objective. Two people might be launching a SaaS app. One's a consultant. One's searching for a day job. There's a dissonance and the group just can't really gel together and reach that next level, share resources effectively, because we're all sort of aiming for a different target and we aren't able to stack wins together or benefit from each other's resources. So, yeah, and they could be, like, you just have to have that common goal. You don't have to necessarily be in the same places. Like, even, Mm -hmm. you know, if I were to do one, say, for Shopify store owners, it literally, the sole requirement would have to be, like, you have an online store and you want to grow your revenue. Like, that... It's incredibly easy if you are a Shopify store owner to find that common goal because it doesn't even have to be Shopify store owners. It could be other e-commerce people, um, you know, anyone who is selling a product and has an online presence. You know, sometimes even that to stick like even if you're selling info products, you're still really in the e-commerce business whether you like it or not. Um, so and often having a somewhat ver- like having that variety um, of different opinions and backgrounds helps much better than if you had like, all right, this is, you have a mastermind group that's only bike store owners with Shopify stores. Like that's probably too, um, uh, it isn't, it isn't blended enough. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a a diversity of skill sets is also valuable. When I look at the mastermind that we're all part of, that we've had a lot of success in, and that's been, gosh, I think close to 18 months now, we all have radically different skill sets coming in, radically different focuses in our businesses, but because we're all focused on helping each other build a better business, build a better consulting business, it worked even more so because we came from a background as a, a coach for software developers, a background as an e-commerce consultant, a backward, uh, backwards, background as a public relations and marketing consultant. And we're able to sort of fill the holes in each other's knowledge. If I have a Absolutely. question about something, the group's going to have an answer. It's not yeah. a, a singular focus. So then yeah, why, that, that moves into, that really uh, gets us nicely into the why join a group. And I heard you know, really what I think of it as a support group, like it's not, it really isn't different from if you joined AA, like you've got, and it's a group of people with a common problem who exist to support each other. Right. So Mm -hmm. what do you, you know, beyond that, what do you get out of it? I'd say for a very broad definition of the word resource, a mastermind is resource sharing. The resource might be something tangible. Here's a plugin. It might be something intangible. Here's advice. Here's knowledge. Here's experience. It could be recommendations on a book to read. It could be one of the amazing things I get out of it is of a mastermind group. Is it's it was probably the easiest way I expanded my network because if you you know if it becomes clear that you need an introduction, you know if I know someone who could help Kai, then I'm going to make that introduction. Um, And I'm comfortable doing it because as being in the mastermind group, you quickly develop relationships with people and friendships. So you feel comfortable saying, okay, I can make that introduction versus like the rando in a subreddit. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, between, I mean, between the, the Kai Slack or the, the product I Slack, I mean, there's probably 200,000 Twitter followers across all of those people. And once they get to know each other, you know, it's like being at a, it's like this constant dinner party where everybody pretty much gets along great. And, uh, and when somebody's got a new thing, it's like, oh, you know, Paul's got this new thing, you know, it's up on product hunt. If you dig it, vote it up or, or whatever. Or does anybody know? I remember recently asking, does anybody know, you know, an AWS expert? I've got a really specific problem with CloudFront. Yeah. <laughs> And it's kind of like Twitter used to be at the very beginning. Right. Twitter, Twitter, in a sense, it, it was obviously it was public, but in in a sense, it was such a small type of. It was such a small group, and it was such a specific kind of person who would, you know, it was like mostly all software developers and like kind of in the same mindset. It kind of reminds me of that, but this is way more powerful, way more intense, and the, the relationships. It's amazing how fast the relationships become real real relationships you know it's um i don't know maybe kai Kai, i think kai you're really good at uh, kind of onboarding people which i think is a really important topic um that might be that might be helpful to people okay yeah i think um all right so to wrap up like the why is you get a lot of benefits out of it it's you know this extended network um these incredible the resources of everyone's experience um, and even accountability, whereas if you share with your mastermind group, hey, here's the thing I want to accomplish in the next two weeks, they can help hold you accountable. Um, so, you know, those are the benefits. And the end result, um, the effect of it is, you know, I know there's only one thing in my life that has ever actually truly, a lot of things promise to grow my business by 10x. The only thing that I can actually credit with doing that is is mastermind groups. Um, so 
but I've also, I've seen, I've been in multiple mastermind groups and I've seen them fail. So what's, and in fact, the first one I was in, while it was great, while it lasted, also ended up failing. So, you know, Jonathan brings up a great point is onboarding is important. So what is it? What do you do? You know, especially, um, you know, both of you run these communities. Um, how do you do it? How do you make that good community? What's it going to take to make it work? So what I found is uh, a really a really strong onboarding process puts confidence in the members' minds that you know what's going on and that the community is going to be a healthy community. And it also serves as tiny roadblocks or tiny speed bumps that keep out the people who aren't going to commit or aren't actually going to be interested. So I run a uh, – So it's a bit semi- of hazing. It, it, By it providing this hazing. great support, you're adding a little bit of hazing to it. And then you know, by the time people get into it, they're – they're both comfortable and they want to put in the effort. Absolutely. And like in terms of specifics, when I invite, I have a 70 person community that I coordinate. And whenever somebody new is suggested to join, I have like a script I follow. I'm like, hey, great. I'm so excited for you to join. The first step is you have to schedule a 15 minute call for me. And it's not a call for me to qualify them. It's a call to make sure that the mastermind or the community is going to be able to provide value to them. I want to know like, well, what are your business goals? What do you want to do over the next year? Can we honestly help you? Or are we just going to be like another thing to distract you? If And it serves two purposes. The, pur- the first purpose is it makes sure that we're going to provide value to them. The second is if they aren't willing to schedule a 15-minute call, they're not going to get value out of it. And so that tiny speed bump just keeps out the people who would show up, would lurk, would distract, wouldn't provide that great of an experience. Beyond that, just really making sure to hold people's hands and let them know what to expect when they join. Hey, the best thing you could do is introduce yourself. Here's a template you could copy and paste and just fill in with your name and what you do so people know who you are. And make sure to upload a photo of yourself. Just providing those concrete steps makes them feel like, okay, I'm not jumping into something unknown. Uh, there's a clear process, there's a clear way for me to get started, and it's comfortable for me to be involved here. Yeah, there's a, there are a bunch of benefits to that, um, that even if you, if you think of it in a, uh, just a really pragmatic way, different slacks or different, uh, masterminds have different, that I'm in have different rules about self-promotion and, you know, is it, and, and even if just to pick on a common example, uh, is it is it okay if I post links to my own stuff? You know, and it's it might be fine, it might not be fine. But if you don't say whether or not it is, people are going to be uncomfortable when they want to do it, and they think, well, I don't know, is this spammy? Is it spammy if I do that? Is this like is this like spamming a blog comment, or you know, is it cool? So then they end up contacting the person who's not in charge, but the person who's sort of you know, in this case would be Kai. Be like, is it cool if I, you know, this person is looking for help, and they should totally hire me, but I don't know if it's cool to do that. And by addressing that up front and saying, yeah, that's totally cool or no, I'd prefer if you didn't do that, then it's just like, you know, everybody's on the same page. So when someone does post a link to their own stuff and is doing something that would be maybe considered overly self-promotional elsewhere, everybody who's in the room knows that it's cool to do that. So it's not, it doesn't make people wonder like, boy, this person's such a spammer or this person is not yeah. cool or whatever. Yeah, you're setting those ex- expectations up front, you know, by yeah. literally codifying them. And while it may seem corny to have a 10-person group have a code of conduct or a manifesto, like that's what you're solving is that you're removing that ambiguity. So by doing it, yeah, you could call it corny, but you've also just made the expectations clear for everyone. Sure. it's And it's really helpful and it could be... Um, you know, it's, uh, there's obvious stuff, uh, you know, I think in, uh, a, a couple I've seen, there's really obvious things like, you know, don't, don't, don't 
be hateful. Don't be a troll. You know, there's obvious stuff like don't be. It's still worth stating sexist or. Yeah, it, it gives it gives the whole room of feel for the I mean, I, I keep on wanting to go to the dinner party metaphor, but it's really apt. It, you, know, yeah, you don't just no, invite absolutely. a bunch of right. You just don't randomly invite people to a dinner party. You when you're if you're a good host or hostess, you're going to pick a group that's going to gel. And and I think in the dinner party example, you're going to pick people who you know are already on the same page with all those things. But when you're creating a virtual community, it's tougher to tell, especially if you don't know everyone well. You just know them from online or by reputation. You know, you don't necessarily know how they have private conversations. They might be really into tasteless jokes, which are not cool. Uh, but so like we have one Slack where where tasteless jokes are fair game and uh, and and other Slacks where brutal honesty is the norm. And with people just jump into that without the expectation that that's part of the game, you know, that's part of the deal. Like people are not going to pull any punches in the product I Slack. If they think your idea is dumb, they're going to tell you <laughs> and for your own good. Yeah. And that's and, always been like that's you're right. And that's one of the the advantages to, you know, once you're in one group, you'll see you'll start getting introductions to other groups. Um, and then you just kind of get a, you feel them out for what their, what the, the theme is like. And that's what, you know, what right. works well about having the multiple slacks is you don't get that crosstalk. Correct. What I found really interesting is depending on the size of the community, let's, let's put thresholds at like 15 people and under 30 people and under a hundred people and under and a hundred people and over, you start getting different levels of participation from different people. There's always in online communities the idea of the lurkers, the people who are just there silently reading and observing. In a smaller group like a mastermind, it's much harder for somebody to be invisible and not participate. As the size of the group grows, people naturally sort themselves into the wallflower category or the active participator category or like the I post every day, every hour category. And for better or worse, can dominate a conversation or help get conversation started. So it's interesting to observe in the different masterminds and groups I'm in how some people just naturally gravitate towards, eh, I'm not going to participate that much. I'll chime in when necessary. But that same person in another room in a different context can suddenly be like the life of the party, the person who's helping Kipple, helping turn the conversations into actual things that are happening. I might say, uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's the the argument for making it smaller. And I'd say probably five to 10 is the ideal, ideal membership number. Mm-hmm. Though mm-hmm. we've got, you know, we actually, all of our groups are probably bigger than that. Uh, I, I mean, I have, mine is 25, but I mean, really, it's under 10 that are active. And most are just past students that don't come in anymore. Yeah, so I think it's it's five to ten active people active, is the, should right. be the goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, that's a healthy number to shoot for. Whether you're starting or whether you're maintaining one, it makes it so it's not just two people chatting with each other, which is fine. Like I, I have friends who are in two person masterminds and get a ton of value out of it. But when you're in that five to ten person range, there's enough different viewpoints, different opinions, different backgrounds where you are greater than the sum of the individual people. Mm, yeah, I like I like that size because you can get you can say, hey, I just put together this uh, sales page of this new email for my drip campaign. Could you guys just like gut check this for me? I keep saying guys, but it's, you know, guys and gals. Can you gut, gut check this for me? You know, does this make sense? You know, I, I'm so in the weeds on this. I'm so forest for the trees. I can't even tell if I'm making sense to myself. So and. You know, you just throw up a Google Doc and three or four people will pile in and just give you the most amazing edits. And you can just see, you don't even, you just see like the before and after is unbelievable. 
uh, and there's just a million examples like that. What should I price this at? Does this make, you know, does it make sense to price this like this? Should I do tiered pricing on this? You know, what are the, um, how, how should I do this? Uh, how should I write this cold outreach email for people I need to do? I'm, I'm researching a new business and I want to do cold outreach. How should I do it? Where should I find the people? And somebody will just jump in there and be like, yeah, I've got a template for that. Or here's a blog post that I've used in the past that's just amazing for that. Yeah, that's I often, um, some of the, mo- the most value I've gotten is just by, you know, how do I tackle this? I have a uh, thorny customer situation. How would you tackle that? And like, yeah. I've never been steered wrong. And it's given me such better, uh, you know, better advice than I probably would have had on my own. So, okay. Yeah, that's, that's... I think we've, we've absolutely sold people <laughs> on masterminds. How, what do they do? How do they go join one? How do they make one? Like, what's the, what's the next step here? One great resource to join one is the site mastermindjam.com, I think run by Ken Wallace. Yes, I, Ken I, Wallace, who hosts also hosts the Nights and Weekend podcast and was at um, MicroConf with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Microconf believe is where he was like, I literally watched him making Mastermind Jam from the row behind him. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful resource for somebody who's saying, I want to join a mastermind. I don't know who to approach. You could get paired with one. If you're looking to start one yourself, you could easily start it by saying, well, who are three to six, three to seven other business owners I know who, again, like have that similar goal or similar obje- objective, contact them and say, hey, I'm putting together a small community it's going to be, you know, private. It's going to be just us. And the intent is whatever the goal you have, like work with better customers, become a better developer, grow our store, grow our revenue and just say, well, are you in to participate? This is what it would look like. We'll share with each other. We'll be open with each other. Would you be interested in this community? Would this provide value to you? Maybe not everybody you approach will join, but a large percentage of them will. And that gives you that seed, that nucleus for that group, which could grow and expand over time. So I'd say the two most effective methods are using a site like Mastermind Jam to get paired with a mastermind. And I know like uh, the R Entrepreneur subreddit also has a mastermind hookup type thing. Or just approaching business owners you know who you're already friends with or colleagues with and saying, would you be interested in joining something like this? Yeah, I'd probably go with the direct outreach approach. I mean, even if you just approached three people and asked them, hey, uh, is there, you know, do you, are you interested in this? And whether or not you're interested, are there, can you think of anyone else that you might want to introduce me to, to talk about this? Um, and that should make it very easy. Like, all you have to do is find five to ten people. So realistically, you just have to start by asking one who can introduce you to the next person um, and sort of pay it forward until you get the right, um, you know, a couple of people that are a good fit. Um I probably wouldn't do it as like just an open public call because I don't, you know, it, it doesn't feel like the right tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there that needs- feels more like a meetup to me. If, if yeah. that's, it's, yeah, it's more like a Facebook group, more like a meetup. This really, I, you know, I really think it, it's, for me, the, the obvious way to go would be to reach out to your network for individual people, you know, people you have a sense of, even if it's people you follow on Twitter or people that are following you on Twitter, you don't have to be like buddies with them, but people who, you know, you know, I, you know, I can think of some folks on Twitter who always argue this, they're on the same side of the argument that I'm always on about like accessibility on the web or something like that. And if I was going to put together a mastermind that was about that for some reason, uh, they would, I would totally invite those people and and you can pretty much, you can easily find five people to invite uh, with, you know, in that way. 
So yeah, I would just cho- yeah cherry pick people out of your those existing networks and just bring yeah. them into a an inner circle. Really, is what you're doing. Right. Um, and then what's kind of cool is once you have that, you can then get like those dream people you would have never thought of contacting and reaching out to before. So you know we did that and got some some big names to to hop into and get involved with our mastermind group, which Absolutely. was which was exciting and then you know leveled us all up as a whole. Yeah, and yeah, really good oh. to have different levels. Sorry, it's really good to have different people that are at all different levels. Uh, you know, we already talked about having complementary businesses. You know, things that not everybody does the exact same thing, so it's not too homogenous. Uh, but having people who are more successful, you know, just farther down the path in their career is so helpful because everybody's, you know, everybody's a little bit ahead of somebody else. So almost like no matter who's in the room, they can give reasonably good advice because it's been there, done that, um, you know, for somebody who's, you know, a few steps behind you. And the person who's only a few steps ahead can appreciate the struggle of the person that's kind of, you know, the, the sophomore can appreciate the freshman's pains a lot more than the senior can. Because the seniors like it doesn't even remember that it doesn't even matter anymore. They're onto something completely different. Yeah, I would so view it as like sometimes better. You know, when you have that common goal, then you're all just on the same trajectory, just in different points. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Any uh, any parting words before we wrap it up? They're wonderful. I mean, just finding a small group of business owners who you're able to share resources with, to talk open and honestly with, and receive advice and give advice to is very, very powerful. Uh, uh, I think over the last year, I've joined seven masterminds. I'm still in two of them. And the two that I'm still in provide direct, tangible value for me in my professional and personal lives. Yeah, ditto that. And I would go on to say that up, you know, since 2006, I've been a solo entrepreneur. And this is in the last almost two years I've been in this room. I didn't realize how alone I was before. I'm like a fairly independent person, but if, you know, if, if this disappeared tomorrow, I would be like crushed. It is very, very important in my daily life and, and for my business to be able to have impartial, uh, trusted, uh, input from, from people who, you know, People who I understand, like I would talk about this stuff to my family, but I wouldn't trust their advice because they're just, they That's work, the they have regular day jobs and they, yeah, most you know, people they, they don't really know. Aren't going to get the very, the, the struggles that you can only find through experience of being a business owner, of going exactly. through that entrepreneurial journal journey. So like, yeah, I have close friends that I could talk to, but they're not going to be like locally, yeah. but you know, yeah, you're right. They're never going to be able to have the right insight to help me. Yeah, it's just shallow platitudes. They just don't get it. And, yeah, you, know, you have to have people who are in the same space as you. Right. And that, I, I, and it's just shocking. I can't believe <laughs> I didn't have it. I don't know how I got by without it. And I don't know how I would get by if I lost it. So, uh, yeah, these, these that's a pop- great test. Is a great test of any product, any service is how would I feel if I lost this? And yeah, no, I also would feel crushed. I would trade, I would give up so many things you know, all social media in a heartbeat. I would give oh, up yeah. before I ever gave up. Um, even just Slack, exactly. you know, and having access to that. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, and as an independent practitioner or even just a practitioner who has a small team or a small company, 
you don't realize how much you might miss the benefits of coworkers, having those people you're able to talk to, having those people you're able to go to for advice. And as somebody who runs like a small independent, it's just me consulting business, the masterminds have taken the place of the positive benefits that coworkers used to bring. I could riff with somebody on an off the wall topic. I could get advice and feedback on a product. I could get honest feedback on how to deal with a sticky situation in my business. And I didn't realize how much I missed that before, but now that I have it, I wouldn't give it up for the world. Cool. Yeah, that's all right. That's a perfect place um, to end this, to wrap it up. This may be the first episode of the Unofficial Shopify podcast that doesn't require editing. I'm amazed. Good work, everybody. <laughs> um, but it helps, you know, all three of us have done a lot of podcasting, and I think it, it shows through. Um, and then, you know, lastly, these, I'm going to use the last minute to plug stuff, uh, e-commerce bootcamp is now available, ecommerce-bootcamp.com. You can get a free sample chapter of it um, that has way more than I was comfortable sharing, but uh, grab that before I change my mind at Um, ecommerce-bootcamp.com. Mr. Stark, Mr. Davis, do you have anything you'd like to plug while you're here? Uh, For software developers, I would urge you to go to expensiveproblem.com and uh, check out the coaching services there. Uh, Actually, that's that's a quick way to get into an environment like this. It's not free, of course, but... Uh, if you uh, are having a hard time getting this set up on your own, that's a great place to start. Yeah, and I would grab, for sure, check out, um, I always go back to and refer to the foolproof positioning formula that's on expensiveproblem.com. Um, and Mr. Davis? Uh, the only thing I'd love to plug is a, a new book I have coming out in the next week, The Traffic Manual. It's a guide for using podcasts, like the one you're listening to right now, dear listener, to get more traffic, get more clients, get more prospects, get more customers by presenting to an audience of your best buyer, similar to how Kurt has been able to use the unofficial Shopify podcast to talk to an audience of Shopify store owners. So the traffic manual dives into the benefits of guest podcasting as a traffic channel. And uh, if you go to thetrafficmanual.com, you could check that out and download a sample chapter. Yeah, and in um, e-commerce boot camp, at the end of the book is a, a sample chapter Um, on doing that outreach um, and that will give you a a taste of what the traffic manual is about so all right yeah gentlemen thank you for joining me and we'll be back next week our program was produced today by paul rita the unofficial shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle llc we'll be back next week with more value bombs for shopify store owners If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.